0: To For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9:30 a.m on bff.fm or subscribe to the podcast at fortherecordpodcast.com. This week we're talking about a new album by Wolf parade their first LP in seven years, called Cry, 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 and it starts out with a song called Lazarus Online. i mm-hmm. is like many bands we've been talking about recently who went on an indefinite hiatus many years ago, in this case seven years, and finally are back, although they did put out an EP last year, which was a really good tease. But this is their fourth album since their first in 2005, Apologies to the Queen Mary, which would have been the best album of 2005, except there were so many amazing records that came out in 2005. That was a hell of a year. Yeah. (laughs) So it was amazing. They came back with two follow-up albums that were kind of had mixed reviews and um, then they just kind of went away and all of the members went on to do a bunch of different side projects there was handsome furs divine fits with Britt daniel of spoon far Eyes, sunset rub down and a bunch of other lesser known projects and i feel like a lot of bands like this when all of the members come sort of go off and do their own thing for a while and then come back the record can kind of tend to sound like each Member is doing a song, like taking turns doing a song from the side project that they did in the interim. But this actually feels like a Wolf Parade album, and it sounds like a Wolf Parade album. And and um, I'm I'm glad to hear them making their sound again.
1: Yeah, I was amazed because I remember hearing that first album. There was all the hype, and it lived up to the hype. And I kind of just wasn't paying attention when those subsequent albums came out. And then this album comes out, and it just sounds like they took a little time after that first album and then it's such a consistent sound it's almost surprising and it's so much of it comes down to that distinctive vocal style like his voice is just so inviting and just a little mysterious without seeming like he's trying too hard it's just a great and he doesn't wait around to get started there's not a lot of build-up there's just a few seconds of piano and then his voice just starts singing out
0: yeah I mean, I think it's it's a good thing that Spencer Krug did the vocals on the first song in the record just because I feel like his Dan Beckner has a fine voice, and I like a lot of the songs where he does the vocals here. but I feel like Spencer Krug is has kind of the more distinctive voice that feels it, it like carries the spirit of wolf parade a little bit more
1: yeah and i, I think especially this year though i mean oh, there's a lot of albums obviously that lcd sound system was very much a, like oh david bowie's dead kind of album <laughs> and i think here his voice with with bowie gone and i'm like kind of looking for who has little bits of that and i think his voice has a little of that in it and I think at, at various points in the album i just really hear that little hint and like okay that sound isn't completely dead and that's it's kind of heartwarming. Yeah. And I think this is a very heartwarming song in that I kind of like it starts off with him getting a letter from a fan. And I almost think of it, it almost it reminded me of that song off of Pinkerton, Across the Sea, except mm-hmm. here, instead of wondering about dating his fan, instead mm-hmm. it becomes this sort of existential exploration of like, oh, my music helped you want to keep living and hey, let's think about that. And we're all just kind of mortal and trying to get on with our lives and we lost people, but let's let's miss them and move on with our lives. And it's, it's kind of a little sad, but ultimately very life-affirming. And it lets you know this is not a cynical band. This is a band that takes things very seriously and wants to be an important band. And I'm holding up air quotes because it's kind of a it it can be carried away but i think when it's this when the music flows so naturally it's, yeah they're not trying again it doesn't feel like they're trying too hard to be important
0: hand gestures always make for good radio always so i feel like going from this song to one that's a little more poppy and lighter and is a is kind of the other side of the wolf parade coin the second song on the record is called you're dreaming and we'll play that next
2: Like life,
1: okay. this is super poppy and yet it really doesn't dance around being i think pretty dark lyrically and i always suck over that combination so it's very fast it's got that fun kind of synth sound to it but then it has this kind of the despair of the modern world to it of just systems collapsing and people obsessed with stuff that's on screens and that valuing that above uh, reality and trying to escape. I love this lyric that I've got metal in my blood dancing around to the magnets and just that feeling of your natural physical being being kind of manipulated by technology.
0: But yeah, I like that. I like that they start off you know their first record back after seven years with two songs that are kind of as I said two sides of the wolf parade coin there's Spencer Krug on kind of this like minor key very anxious first track and then Dan Beckner on a much more poppy light fun but also very anxious track
1: yeah the anxiety dance soup, but it's yeah the 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 guitar work especially I felt like that first song was very synth driven this one has the guitar is really clear in the mix and it just it feels so open whereas the first one did feel a little claustrophobic one thing i did i have noticed just with these first two songs also in terms of a songwriting style Mm. is there's very prominent kind of verse pre-chorus and then verse pre-chorus chorus chorus, and Mm -hmm. that can trip you up and it definitely did me when i'm listening to this mm-hmm. and then i feel like oh this is the chorus and then that's this third thing comes in and like oh wait that's actually what this is about mm-hmm. and that can be kind of a little bit of a head fake but i think they pull it off and it's really smooth but something of the noticed, just like a consistent like hey we're gonna do it and then we're gonna do it on the mm-hmm. exact very next song it's like, mm-hmm. well this is a trick and it works for us <laughs>
0: and you mentioned the synths and i think the piano and organ are like really the lead instruments through this whole record i mean yes the guitar is very clear but i feel like the the keyboards are what hold this whole record together and make it sound like a consistent whole
1: no way i would not call this a guitar rock album but they bring the guitar into the mix for sure
0: so the next song we'll play is the third track it's called valley boy So I only know this because it was part of the press release explanation about the album from Sub Pop, but Spencer Krug wrote this song after Leonard Cohen died the day before the fateful election. And I actually never really thought about it this way, that it's kind of an interesting question, like... You know, you didn't have to live to see it all go wrong. And it, the lyric is like, did you know it was all going to go wrong? And just thinking like, I'm glad that Leonard Cohen didn't have to live to see this. As sad as it is that he died.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. I didn't read that interview. And it's what I like about the song is that it's just taken on its own merits. It's not so specific. It's sort of this very universal thing of like someone you went away and did you come back and what how did you change and it's a, it's very evocative but then you can hear that interview and realize oh there are these references and like oh Marianne oh that was that <laughs> uh, Leonard Cohen song but you can also just listen to it as like this universal theme and i i like any song that's able to bridge that um and i like that it's a little bit more musically i feel like the first two songs were just a little driving forward and this one i think the rhythm kind of backs off and there's a little more kind of hiccuping the drums become very interesting
0: yeah i was gonna say that's one of the things that i really like about this song is the way that it kind of goes it like lurches and then stops
1: yeah exactly it it has that that kind of off kilter feeling Mm -hmm. and that's emphasized by the end of the chorus it just goes to this really weird chord that just feels out of left field Mm -hmm. and i again it just like it's, you know, getting in this rhythm and then, whoa, just mm-hmm. getting pulled off. Wait, and, how does it go? <laughs> uh, whoa. <laughs> no, but, I, and, you know, my my ear is not good enough to say exactly what that weird chord is, but it just, mm-hmm. it's not what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. And so that song, it's seemed kind of straightforward. And it's like, oh, sweet. And then, whoa, you know, I, I'm not going to do that sound again, <laughs> but it just, that unexpected direction as it's kind of that lurching rhythm. And I know we talked about the guitars not being, this not being a card driven, record but this song i feel like really they stepped to the fore and i like that it's kind of this old-fashioned production of putting one guitar in the right ear almost entirely like Mm. a far right and one Mm. guitar in the far left and Mm. they're just doing different things and if you're not listening on good stereo headphones or speakers you're not going to pick up on that and it's kind of old-fashioned i feel like when they when first stereo production was happening they were like oh we don't know how to do this let's just put everything in one speaker and something else in this other speaker and it's uh this, this is actually produced by john goodmanson who is legendary for, amongst other things slater kinney but a bunch of other bands mm-hmm. and so he knows what he's doing This is very intentional and it's mm-hmm. not just like i don't know what i'm doing so it's kind of this <laughs> cool effect though and it really lets the, the guitar shine one in each year mm-hmm. in this old-fashioned way but going back i think the next song we'll play goes swings in the opposite direction to very much an organ-driven sound mm-hmm. it's called baby blue
0: what this song is about but it does have I think my favorite lyric on the whole record which is sometimes we are an open flower sometimes we are an open wound
1: yeah and I'm in the same boat of like I'm not sure what this song is about but it's so evocative of so many things of like just feeling intensely this entire notion the song is baby blue but then it's all about burning blue and I feel like so rarely do people talk about it. it's always burning red burning hot you know burning blue it's just kind of al- freaky and intense and just the sense of like a feeling so intense that you don't even know what to make of it. And then all this sort of looking back into the past and like remembering being in Montreal and sort of there's these warm feelings and it's yeah it's, and I, so much going on in y- this.
0: You mentioned, you know, we kind of went through one of the songs being more guitar driven and one being more synth driven. And I really like how this song really marries them together well, where there's the organ and then a strong guitar line and there's a whole part that we didn't play here towards it's like the entire back half of the song where the horns and the guitar and the organ all just sort of jam out and i think there might be a theremin in there
1: yeah i think the synth definitely adopts i don't think they quite go into theremin but they play the synth in such a way and it just has that driving beat and yeah, that it starts off and the you know the organ introduces us, and I, I intrude this as being a very organ-driven, but then you're right that the guitar does come in, and then over the chorus, the horns, and that's on a few songs, I think, is the only one we'll play that actually has the horns really prominent, but it just adds such a rich feeling and just adds to the drama of it, and even if I don't know what it's about, it's, just, I'm, it's about feeling intensely in the entire mm-hmm. song, and that back crazy jam, and... Uh, I did one thing I kind of found charming about this is that it's sort of verse verse chorus and then verse verse and it goes into something that sounds almost like the chorus but then it's actually true blue and it turns into this kind of very existential like oh we're on the beach and this this island is a great place for your grave and it's just this weird dose of darkness in this otherwise super exciting song
0: yeah there's definitely three parts if you look at the structure where the beginning is sort of like a traditional pop song and then the middle is yeah this other different the true blue part and then the end is this jam out crazy psychedelic yeah it's almost kind of proggy and that that was what i didn't like about at mount zoomer was that they went too far into the proggy sounding direction and so i'm glad that they clearly still have those instincts but they're able to keep them under wraps yeah i least think
1: this no was a reasonable rate. amount of prog for a record and i feel like there's not a whole lot of this on the rest of the song mm-hmm. but they let it play for two or three minutes on this one and it's a blast mm-hmm. and i think the album continues to go in different directions uh the next song we'll play is you know i mentioned the bowie-esque sound and i think this one they just go full blast and make it explicit and it's called am i an alien here Yeah. really enjoyed this song it's such a like even tempo and has this kind of soaring i'm an alien here and i I mentioned the kind of bowie connection i feel like talking about being an alien is something that was very kind of bowie-esque but Mm -hmm. then in this case it's also this well i'm an alien in my own skull and this person having these crazy dreams and it's just I'm, i'm trying to cope with that and the fact that i feel like an alien in my own skull and i'm a stranger to the people who love me and and then at the same time the song has this wonderful arc where It starts off as that and you're just like oh that's tough and then it kind of gets this point of oh and then i had this dream that everyone died and bowie died and what are we going to do and his dream his horrible dream is the horrible reality that everyone is living Mm -hmm. and it just makes it so heartbreaking and
0: somewhere in the world an evil genius was on on the rise and that has happened Which one's the genius? (laughs) Evil force anyway. Yeah, exactly.
1: And that just, you know, I'm an alien in my own skull or I'm Mm -hmm. an alien in the world. And how do I do that? Mm -hmm. And Bowie isn't here to tell us how to do it. And it's kind of a (laughs) bummer. But it's also a really catchy song and really pretty.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think we'll ever get another song from them like I'll Believe in Anything, which is one of the best one of the best songs of our generation, I think. That's an amazing song, but it's still it has that kind of soaring, like sing along quality that really feels like he's pouring all of his emotion into this song, and it really comes across and hits you in the heart.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's 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 a very much this is tough, but at least we're all in it together kind mm-hmm. of feeling, and it's like oh, you could do worse than to be in it with Will Parade right yeah. now. And I think that this sort of addressing of this how scary the world is is kind of the focus of this end of the album and it's kind of a bummer thematically but musically it's i think really successful and it is continues on this next track which is the penultimate track it's called artificial life
0: you have to go all the way back to the first EP that came out before Apologies to the Queen Mary was released. Dan Backner then was still not in love with the modern world, and he he was not in love with the modern world then, he's still not in love with the modern world. And I love the way that this song is so joyful and kind of there's this ooh ooh chorus and it's very poppy, but it's also very filled with anxiety about our modern world and the life that we're creating.
1: Well, I think, yeah, in 2005, in a more innocent time where we didn't realize that, oh, wait, Facebook is actually going to destroy democracy, (laughs) where we didn't realize that, oh, like the rebirth of cities meant that all the people living there were going to get kicked out, apparently. And obviously, we're acutely aware of that in San Francisco. And this, to my mind, that song is so much encapsulating that double, like the rebirth of cities actually kind of sucks for a ton of people who are being forced out to live in the suburbs. But, hey, it's still okay in the suburbs. You get to watch Netflix. and
0: Well, I think it's even more about being disconnected from real life. I mean, obviously the title, Artificial Life, but we're so focused on our devices and our screens Mm -hmm. and not on making real connections with actual people. And we're sort of losing our sense of what it means to survive as people and like uh, this this is my other favorite lyric in this on this record is if the floods should ever come we'd be the last of the lifeboats
1: yeah but i think in the in this context it's very specifically or to me it felt very explicitly about kind of economic inequality and it's just Mm -hmm. like oh they're the haves and the have-nots and this like Mm -hmm. oh the haves are saying we want to live in the city so you have to get out of here Mm -hmm. and i guess that's what's happening and the clearly the halves are saying we're gonna be the lifeboats and i think unstated here is the entire like yeah when the revolution comes who's going to be against the wall uh that they don't quite get as far as that yeah. but you know certainly this song so much you know obviously we did that lcd sound system album and there's so kind of similar touch points obviously i feel like the we miss bowie a lot is there in both of them and that sort of same notion of like everything's gone to hell and we need to hang together because there is a revolution it's going to happen and who, who is that revolution? Who's going to be in charge? Who's going to win that? Yeah. And I think it's a little less explicit on this album, but still that anxiety and that feeling that like things are not going in a good direction is very upfront.
0: Yeah. The line that I, I don't remember the exact line, but it's something like they get fat and they feed us trash. <sighs> yeah. But I mean, I think that's it's sort of this this whole record. I mean, Wolford has always been a lot about anxiety of the modern condition And I, but I feel like a lot of the albums that we're talking about now that are now made in this post, you know, 2016 world, which is, I guess, what we can call it now post November 2016 world, where there's this real sense of kind of panic that things are going in a really scary direction. And not just in a philosophical sense, like, I don't want to live in a world where, you know, poor people are left to die and the rich just get richer, but also in a very real sense of like, we're, we're probably going to get a nuclear bomb dropped on us and yeah. we're all going to die. <laughs> and just kind of living with that on a day-to-day basis, I think, is something that pervades the art of this time and the, the records that we're talking about and anyone who's kind of a living, breathing person and and making music at, in 2017.
1: Yeah, this album is deep with anxiety, but super listenable. And, you know, I it's it's hard to find a sour note. Like we didn't play all the songs, but I think even the songs we didn't play are really catchy, mm-hmm. even as they're laced through with anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think there's maybe, I think back like, oh, there's maybe like a couple point where I thought, oh, that lyric was a little bit awkward. But if that's the worst you can do on an album, I think that's pretty impressive.
0: And after being gone so long that they came back with an album that, that was this strong. And so this true to sort of their vision and what I think people love about their sound was very heartening.
1: Yeah. Welcome back, guys. (laughs) And they're not sold out at the Fillmore. Yeah. That show in January is still not sold out. You
0: know, yeah, I, I can't remember the last time I saw them live. It was at Great American Music Hall. And I guess it was it must have been when Expo 86 came out. But that was many years ago now. So I'm very glad that they're back and we'll look forward to seeing them at the Fillmore. We're going to go out with a song that's the last song on the record, and the title kind of speaks for itself. It's called King of Piss and Paper. So you've been listening to For the Record. We've been discussing Wolf Parade's new record, Cry, Cry, Cry. Thanks for listening.